0: the conduct
1: of lovers is not to be accounted for however there's one thing i'm quite sure of that he must be looked after do you think so said paul i'd have thought he was quite able to look after himself not just now returned the trapper he's not yet got the better of touch of his starvation and there's a chance of your friend stalker or buxley wish to call him whatever you like He answers to either or neither, as the case may be. He's best known as Stalker in these parts, though Buxley is his real name. "'Well, then,' resumed Drake, "'there's strong likelihood of him prowling about here and coming across the tracks of young Brixton. So, as I said before, he must be looked after, and I'll take upon myself to do it.' "'Well, I'll join you,' said Paul. "'For, of course, you'll have to make up a party.' "'Not at all,' returned the trapper with decision i'll do it best along leastwise i'll take only little tolly trevor and leaping buck with me for they're most smart and safe lads and are burning keen to learn something of woodcraft in accordance with this determination mahogany drake leaping buck and little trevor set off next day and followed tom brixton's trail into the mountains it was a broad trail and very perceptible at least to an indian or a trapper for tom had a natural swagger which he could not shake off even in the hour of his humiliation and besides He had never been an adept at treading the western wilderness with the care which the red man finds needful in order to escape from or baffle his foes. "'Tis as well marked almost,' said Drake, pausing to survey the trail, "'as if he'd been dragging a toboggan behind him.' "'Yet a settlement man wouldn't see much of it,' remarked little Trevor. "'Eh, Bucky?' The Indian boy nodded gravely. He emulated his father in this respect. And would have been ashamed to have given way to childish levity on what he was pleased to consider the warpath, but he had enough of the humorous in his nature to render the struggle to keep grave in Tolly's presence a pretty severe one. Not that Tolly aimed at being either witty or funny, but he had a peculiarly droll expression on his face which added much point to whatever he said. Oh! exclaimed the trapper, after they had gone a little further. "'Here's a trail that even a settlement could hardly fail to see there's been fifty men or more D'ye you see it tolly see it i should think so do you suppose i carry my eyes in my pocket come now lad," said drake turning to leaping buck you want to walk in your father's tracks no doubt read me this trail if you can the boy stepped forward with an air of dignity that drake regarded as sublime and tolly thought ludicrous but the latter was too fond of his red friend to allow his feelings to betray themselves as the white trapper has truly said he began Fifty men or more have passed this way. There are most of them white men, but three or four are Indians. Good, said Drake, with an approving nod. I thought you'd notice that. Well, go on. They were making straight for my father's camp, continued the lad, bending a stern look on the trail. But they turned round sharp, like a swallow, on coming to the trail of the white man Brixton, and followed it. How'd you know that lad? asked the trapper because i see it returned the boy promptly pointing at the same time to a spot on the hillside considerably above them where the conformation of the land at a certain spot revealed enough of the trail of the fifty men or more to show the change in direction good again lad a worthy son of your father i didn't give he credit for sharpness enough to perceive that can you read anything more one was a wild horseman but he left his horse behind on getting to the rough places of the hills and walk with the rest he is paul bevan's enemy and how do you know all that said drake regarding the little fellow with a look of pride by the footprints returned leaping buck he wears boots and spurs just so returned the trapper and we've been told by paul that stalker was the only man of his band who wouldn't fall in with the ways of the country but sticks to the clumsy jack-boots and spurs of old england yes the scoundrel has followed you up tolly as Paul Bevan said he would, and having come across Brixton's track has gone after him, from all which I now come to the conclusion that your friend Mr. Tom is a prisoner and stands in need of our services. What say you, Tolly?' "'Go at him at once,' replied the warlike Trevor, "'and set him free!' "'What? Us three attack fifty men?' "'Why, have I not?' responded Tolly. "'We're more than a match for em Paul Bevan has told me oftentimes that honest men are, as a rule, ten times more plucky than dishonest ones. Well, you're a one honest man that's equal to ten, and Bucky and I are two honest boys equal say to five each. That's ten more, making uh, twenty among three of us. Three times twenty, sixty, isn't it? So surely that's more than enough to fight fifty. Our boy answered the trapper with a slight puzzled expression. I never could make nothing arithmetic. And my mother put me to school one winter with a sort of hard-mired parson that came to the headwaters of the yellowstone river and took to teaching dear me how long ago was it now well i forget but somehow you seem to add up the figures rather faster than i was made to do however we'll go and see what's to be done for tom brixton the trapper who'd been leaning on his gun looking down at his bold little comrades during the foregoing conversation once more took the lead and, closely following the trail of the robber band, continued the ascent of the mountains. The Indian village was by that time far out of sight behind them, and the scenery in the midst of which they were travelling was marked by more than the average grandeur and ruggedness of the surrounding region. On their right arose frowning precipices, which were fringed and crowned with forests of pine, intermingled with poplar, birch, maple, and other trees. On their left a series of smaller precipices, or terraces descended to successive levels like giant steps till they reached the bottom of the valley up which our adventurers were moving where a brawling river appeared in the distance like a silver thread the view both behind and in advance was extremely wild embracing almost every variety of hill scenery and in each case was shut in by snow-capped mountains these however were so distant and so soft in texture as to give the impression of clouds rather than solid earth standing on one of the many jutting crags from which could be had a wide view of the valley lying a thousand feet below tolly trevor threw up his arms and waved them to and fro as if in ecstasy exclaiming oh if i only had wings what a swoop i'd make down there ah boy you ain't the first that wished for wings in like these circumstances but we've been denied these advantages perhaps we had just made bad use of them certainly we made a bad use of such powers as we do possess. Just think now, if men could go about through the air as easy as the crows, what a row they'd kick up all over the place on earth. As it is, when we want to fight, we've got to crawl slowly from place to place, and make roads for our wagons, and big guns and supplies, to go along with us. But if we go wings, why, the first fire-eating great man that could lead his fellows by the nose would only have to give the word, when up would start a whole army of men, like some thousand jack-in-the-boxes, and away they'd go to some place they took a fancy to, and down they'd come, all of a heap, quite unexpected, take their enemy by surprise, swim off the face of the earth, and enter into possession. "'Well, it would be a blue look-out,' remarked Tolly. "'If that was to be the way of it, there wouldn't be many men left in the world before long.' "'That's true, lad, and such as worlds left would be the worst of the race. No, on the whole, I think we're better off without wings.' while he was talking to little trevor the trapper had been watching the countenance of the indian boy with unusual interest at last he turned to him and asked has leaping buck nothing to say when the white trapper speaks the indian's tongue should be silent replied the youth good sentiment does you credit lad but i am silent now has leaping buck no remark to make on what he sees he sees the smoke of the robbers camp far up in the heights replied the boy pinting as he spoke clever lad exclaimed the trapper i knowed he was his father's son where i can see nothing cried tolly who understood the indian tongue sufficiently to make out the drift of the conversation course you can't smoke's too far off and too thin for eyes not well practised in the size of the wilderness but come we shall go and pay the robbers a visit mayhap disturb their rest a little who knows with a quiet laugh mahogany drake withdrew from the rocky ledge and, followed by his eager satellites, continued to wend his way up the rugged mountain-sides, taking care, however, that he did not again expose himself to view, for well did he know that sharp eyes and ears would be on the Kivive that night. End of chapter 18